It's uh, season three, episode two. Mr. Lisa goes to Washington. We got a pretty cool guest for this one. But first, Shane's got to give us his cold open. He killed it with Don Brodka with his super sexy, suave, deep, uh, I talk too much voice. Let's see what he's got in store for us now. It tastes like burning. <laughs> Classic line. No sports, no rock, no information. For mindless chatter, we're your station. I, uh, I didn't know your voice could go that high, Shane. I know. What, what range? That yeah. was that was some range. You went from uh, your regular one range to kind of two range there. That was pretty impressive. Nice Ralph line. I didn't expect you to pull out a Ralph one um, like that. Very well done indeed. But as I mentioned at the top, we got a pretty cool guest with us here. Um, I saw on Twitter, I think he, he was ranked the number eight media manager and all of media relations manager and all the CFL. Um, or somebody had him on 11th or something like that. Uh, Let's call but, it top 10. Yeah, we'll, we'll say he's in the good. top 10. Yeah. Uh, Chris Bolenovich, big Simpsons fan and a predominant member of the Toronto Argonauts Club. Chris, thanks for joining us, man. Boys, thanks for having me. Fresh off a great cup championship. Voice is probably a little hoarse still from all the uh, partying and drinking I've been doing, but uh, we're here. Eighth best media manager in the CFL, hoping to be seven next year. Because you moved up from nine, didn't you? I moved I up from nine. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was ranked, uh, actually, the Atlantic, the non-existent Atlantic team was ranked ahead mm-hmm. of me. Mm-hmm. But uh, schooners, I'm happy yeah. to be, yeah, the Schooners, I'm happy to be ahead of them now. And uh, I got my uh, sights at a number eight, boys, next year. We'll make sure to tweet out when voting's happening so everyone can vote at home. <laughs> every, yeah, exactly. uh, every September. Yeah, I'm sure the Hamilton people will rig that somehow in their favor to make sure they you, would, you drop they? down. They would, they would, wouldn't they? Um, it's they haven't weird. won a great cup since 99. I got to just slip that in there. Oh, thank you. for. I was going to do it, but thank you for doing that because <laughs> I love to hear that. It's music to my ears. Um, if you're a Thai Cats fan, you know what's crazy? Actually, you know what? The day that we're recording this, this particular episode is November 29th. Back in 1986, Harold Ballard, who owned the Leafs and the Tiger Cats at the same time, it was on this very day that he brought a live 400-pound Tiger onto the ice at Maple Leaf Gardens uh, because he owned the Tiger Cats and they were going to play in the Grey Cup the next day. So he actually brought a live Tiger onto the ice because he was a carny, and that's what carnies do. Um, is this true? It happened yes. on this day? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yes. That, yes. Yep. That happened wow. 36 years ago. Yeah. there We have it in our, uh, our library. We all work for the same company. Um, by the way, and it's, it's a strange thing that within our company, the Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment Company, there's um, a common theme that seems to go along. Uh, a lot of people um, came from, uh, 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 they went to school for something else and then they got into sports. It seems that's a pretty common thing. There's a lot of goalies, whether they played house league or rep hockey, ton of goalies in our, in our organization. And then there's a ton of Simpsons fans. I, I think in every single department, uh, within every different team, you could probably pick out a good chunk of Simpsons fans. I don't know what it is, but it seems that I think like, it's a prerequisite to work at MLSC, right? Those three things. It kind of is. Like, well, it's all, crazy. All the, all the good ones are Simpsons fans. Yeah. That's yeah. True. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so there's and, a lot of weirdos then. If there's a lot of goalies, a lot of oh weirdos. yeah, That's oh true, yeah. yeah, a lot of. See, I'm one of them. I'm a lot yeah. of weirdos. <laughs> yeah, we got a we got a, a good bunch of weirdos. Hundred percent true. Um, we have a lot of Americans listening, by the way, Nick. Do they even know what the CFL is? I was just going to bring that up. Uh, we are talking CFL. Um, that's the Canadian football that we got up here. The better football, by the way. I'm, I'm, I will, I will die on my sword for this. I always have, always will. CFL football. I know you're a fan of both, Chris, but CFL football I find 100 percent more entertaining um, than NFL football. And uh, you know what? I want you uh, give me give me your good pitch right now for CFL football. Tell people why it is uh, so Ooh, awesome, specifically the Toronto spot. Argonauts. Oh yes, listen. Yes, I am. I grew up an NFL guy, diehard Packers fan. Um, you know, followed the CFL a bit growing up through the '90s with the Flutie, the Flutie teams. Listen, the CFL. I honestly think too, Nick, that it's a much more exciting brand of football. Mm-hmm. Right, bigger field, bigger end zones, three downs, so you're just whipping the ball all over the field all game long. The timing rules at the end of the game make it so that if you're down two touchdowns with like a minute and a half left, you can come back and win because the ball switches sides in the last two minutes, last three minutes, it could switch sides four, five, six different times, right? If you're in the NFL and you're up 14 with two minutes left, game's over. 99% done. CFL, no chance. Anything could happen. It's 
so exciting. The rules, the little nuances, right? The rouge, the one point, it adds a different wrinkle to the game. Um, listen, the Americans who come up here and they don't know anything about the game, they end up falling in love with it because it's just so wide open. It's so fast and fun. And it is just, you know what? The NFL this year, I'm watching and I'm bored almost every Sunday. The games are bad this year specifically. So you're looking for, uh, you know, something different, something to get you going a little bit on, uh, you know, a nice summer uh, summer Saturday. Tune into the CFL, guys. ESPN2, ESPN+, Plus, get on it. Yeah, 100%, because ESP, the numbers are pretty good, actually, from ESPN, and they're actually a good contingent of American fans who, they might not have a team, per se, but they love the, the style of football. So that's our pro uh, CFL rant. Um, and if you ever come up here to Toronto, you got to meet the man, the happiest man, the smilingest man on the planet, Michael Pinball Clemens. If you ever That's have a true. chance to 100%. meet that, oh yeah, you ever ever have a chance to meet that wonderful man, um, um, you will remember it for the rest of your life. He is one of the best people on planet Earth. It's funny because I didn't. Even, he'll treat you like he's known you for twenty five years. You just met him for the first time. Yeah, seriously, he'll, be, he'll give you a nice big hug, uh, welcome you to Toronto. Um, you know, tell you a story or two from his playing days about either himself or a teammate or something like that. It'll give you a Flutie story. If you know you're a Bills fan or a, a Chargers fan, you want to hear a Flutie story or something like that. He'll, uh, he'll give you one. That's for sure. Let me, let me ask you guys a question about pinball. If you were ranking the most um, notable, popular, whatever word you want to use people mm-hmm. in Toronto, in Toronto, mm-hmm. where do you rank pinball? I would have to say definitely uh, near the top because even if people aren't mm. football fans, they know of pinball because he's been around the city of Toronto for um, over 30 years now. And he's done so much for the community, uh, whether it's, you know, kids football, uh, welcoming people at, out of the dome or I guess, geez, even at the, no, it wouldn't have been, he wouldn't have played at the X, but, uh, and, uh, and BMO field. And he's just an amazing, amazing man. I would say, yeah, he's got to be up there with the likes of like Austin Matthews um, in terms of notoriety uh, and stuff like that. Like Matthews, Sundin, Kyle Lowry. Um, I'd vote for him. Yeah, yeah. I, if he ran for mayor. All right, we I got Shane's vote, vote. Yeah. So I obviously, I sorry, not that people know this, but I do media relations or PR for the Argo. So I've spent some time with Pinball, you know, just kind of out and around the city doing some media stuff. <laughs> he gets mobbed everywhere he goes. Everywhere he goes, I had to take him from his seat, which was like in the first row at a Raptors game not too long ago, to it was a 30 second walk to do an interview with TSN. He got mobbed by probably 30 different people. Pinball, pinball, pinball. Every single person knows who pinball is. I always say, like, you know, Drake might be the most popular person from Toronto. But there are people who dislike Drake, right? There's people out there who just hate Drake, can't stand him. You can't find one person in Toronto or on the planet who dislikes pinball. That's a good point. I don't know if I've ever heard any person ever say a bad word about pinball because you can't, you couldn't. He's, he's just the night. And for all my, all my friends uh, out there in Iowa, uh, Ames, uh, Des Moines, I love to bring up my Iowa fans. Um, <laughs> t- just take a look at who pinball is and you, you might look at him and go, wow, this guy was a player. Oh, you know, he, he might only be about five foot six, but he was one of the mm-hmm. most dynamic players in the history of CFL, he returned. He he could play. Uh, he could play in a receiver slot. He geez, he blocked. He could he could run like crazy, and that's how he got the name Pinball because he just bounced off people. Uh, go watch a highlight pack of his if you haven't heard of him, and you will be very, very impressed. I know we're getting like way pro onto CFL, and I could talk CFL for days. Chris, I know you could too. <laughs> Shane, maybe not so much. I know you're you, you know you like football and stuff, but we would bore you to death with our uh, fandom of the Argos and the game. I'll have to meet a mediator here then. Okay, guys, Simpsons. Getting on the Simpsons. So um, at our uh, Twitter page, at Simpsons underscore uh, EBE, we did a little bit of a poll. Uh, not a little bit of a poll, a poll. Just a oh, did we sense. get canceled, Nick? No, no, no. We didn't get canceled. Nobody, nobody uh, had anything to say about our Star Craving Dad episode. Um, there you go. And, and stuff like that. Uh, but... Um, we asked, you know, what is, uh, cause season two, unfortunately has some stinkers. We said, what's the worst episode of season two? My, uh, options, two cars in every garage, three is on every fish. Bart gets hit by a car. Bart's dog gets an F or other. Uh, what do you guys think was the, the fan choice 
for um, worst episode of season two. Uh, I'm, I'm saying two eyes, two eyes on every fish. What about you, Chris? I am not super familiar with season two. I'd have to go back and look. You know what? Season two is still kind of early, right? Like with the drawings yeah. Oh, and, yeah. and, and the humor a bit. It's It seems like it is from the 80s, honestly. It's true. And we called it kind of a, well, my term for it was a roller coaster. And it had some really good ups and then some really um, low downs. Bart's Dog gets an F, 39.3%. That was the uh, vote for worst episode. There were some surprising ones, though. Uh, there were a couple of people at Stephen ACC uh, and uh, at Joe Snuffy both said Lisa's substitute. I didn't think that was a terrible episode. It's kind of sweet. Um, at Wang Computers, great name, said uh, Old Money. I kind of forgot about that one with Grandpa and B. Uh, at the Simpsons Index ranked uh, theirs, they said Bark It Says By A Car was the worst episode of season two. And uh, mm, that at... Wasn't uh, great. At Smells J said uh, Bart versus Thanksgiving, uh, also kind of a mediocre episode. So some good uh, candidates all around there, but Bart's dog gets an F. Um, we're getting into one now where it's, uh, this one is more serious, definitely than Stark Raving Dad was. You know, there's no Michael Jackson. There's no catchy song. There's no Homer going to a mental institution or One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest references. It's uh, pretty political. Uh, Matt Groening loved this one. He said it was one of his favorites of the earlier seasons. Um, so when it comes to like politics, not even just in the Simpsons in general, when it's a show that's not like obviously the West wing, for instance, or house of cards, that's a show obviously sure. about politics, right? When it comes the to last political one was three eyes on every fish. And we didn't like that one. True. Yeah. That one was kind of dry when yeah. it comes to shows that aren't political. And then they try to be like, do you, do you guys mind? Do you think it should be just something that should be? Cause like when it's done well, I guess it works, right? Like with sideshow Bob Roberts, when he becomes mayor, not a bad episode, but I like, think that's the key, right? You got you got to do it well. It can't be yeah. overtly politicized in your face, where they're like trying to do this, what seems like on purpose to put to put it out there. But um, yeah, no, this episode, I think it was done. I mean, we'll talk about it, but it it, it, it was done well. I think when you got a show like The Simpsons, you're on for thirty years. You can't not touch on certain political things, right? I don't mm-hmm. like when shows throw it in your face. It's got to be tastefully done, which The Simpsons always do. And this is coming from a non-politics guy. I don't know what left means. I don't know what right means. I know <laughs> nothing about politics. I'm pretty much a sports guy through and through. But uh, there are some pretty funny political uh, jabs in there on this episode. Yeah, I think you need to find the balance, right? Like if you go too dry, I think that's what happens when Burns ran for mayor. It was pretty dry. It kind of it was it was kind of like that whole setting up uh, people against each other, voting on different spectrums. And then you go to this one, which is kind of good middle ground. And then Sideshow Bob is even funnier when he um, runs for mayor. Um, it's interesting, though, that uh, I wonder if people got turned off by it uh, or maybe because it was a Lisa episode. I'm not sure. But this episode didn't do too well in the ratings. Uh, it wasn't bad, but it still finished third on Fox in the week. Uh, Married with Children beat it. And the late, great Jim Carrey uh, on oh, In Living Color. Yeah. In Living Co- Remember that show? Whoa, whoa. Jim- late, great. What? Oh, he's not dead. I just, I say no, late, he's great. definitely not dead. Yeah. No. Come uh, on, my all-time favorite actor, man. I wanted to be an on, actor growing up with that guy. He almost scared me. My heart dropped. Um, no, sir. I say that because it makes people sound more dignified when people this is realize. True. Yeah. yeah um, uh, no, In Living Color was a great show. Really funny. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm I'm just an idiot and I say things like that. But um, actually, before we give our pre-ratings for this episode, um, Chris, uh, because you're a Jim Carrey guy, um, that, what was the better Jim Carrey movie? Dumb and Dumber 2 or The Cable Guy? Ooh, I mean, oh, obviously the cable, the cable. Yeah, guy that's the correct Dumb answer. Two. There's yeah, only the cable- one funny part in Dumb and Dumber 2. But cable yeah. Guy is at least like. There's some funny parts in it. It's yeah. a sneaky. Some people like that movie, actually. I would be one of them. How dare you? Is that right? It's not. Yeah, one of my yeah movies, it's, it's, it's not I bad. All Jim Carrey movies. That's like top top five for me. Jim Carrey movies for sure. Top five? No, that's kind of ridiculous, Shane. Oh come, come on, come on, Shane. Okay, top five. You got the first Dumb and Dumber. You've got uh, sure. Ace Ventura. You've got uh, yeah. um, the Mask. Um, yes, which mm. is awesome. Um, Bruce Almighty well, is better than Cable Guy. Liar, 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 me, liar. About me, myself, and Irene. Uh, no, I gotta no. rewatch that. You Something don't like me, myself, and Irene? Nah, not really. I think but, we uh, just have uh, different tastes in Jim Carrey movies. <laughs> yes, yes, man, yes, man's awesome. Like that's that's yes, that's a good, a good one. Too. When he goes, when he uh, 
Man, you guys probably like that Penguin movie, don't you? I, I've never watched that one. No. I never watched that <laughs> I just tried to watch, what's the uh, spot, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind? Is that what it's called? Yeah, that's a, one of his few serious roles. That was, it's a drama, romantic drama. I thought it was really well done. I couldn't that get into it. Yeah, that one's okay. Um, I heard it's good. But, uh, Definitely not a comedy. His show Kidding. Did you guys ever watch Kidding? Never you guys heard ever watched it. that one? Oh, it's on. No. It's, I think it's on Crave still. It is quite good. He plays a, a a kid like a Mr. Rogers type character named Mr. Pickles or something like that, and it's like a de- it's very depressing because he's like this uppity kids character and he has a crappy life. It's it's pretty good. But before we get into the Nick, I think for- I smell a Twitter poll. Oh, okay, yeah, that's definitely. Yeah, that sounds like me. a Twitter poll to me. Yeah, that's going up on that's going up on the poll. Um, best Jim Carrey movie or worst Jim Carrey movie? Uh, let's well, do best both. is too easy. You got to go worst, I think. Yeah, worst. Yeah, all right. That'll, that'll create some interesting opinions because there'll be some some clown who says Dumb and Dumber is bad, and those people they those people. If I were prime minister, they go straight to prison. You don't get any. You don't get any uh, trial or anything like that. You you don't like Dumb and Dumber? Prison instantly. That's that's just right how it is. Siberia. Yep. Right to <laughs> right to salt mines. Um, this one though, uh, I I don't I don't remember it being too funny. We'll see if it actually is i haven't watched mr lisa goes to washington in quite a while i remember liking the opening when homer gets really into reading um but i remember as a kid anyways being kind of disinterested and maybe a little bit confused in the storyline of like the like the corruption and stuff that's going on like it didn't really register for me um as a kid i went really high with my pre-rating for stark raving dad i gave that one a 9.5 this one's gonna drop a bit 7.5 um for me shane what do you got for this one I'm not a huge fan of political episodes. Um, usually Lisa episodes are pretty decent, but I'm going to go in with a 6.5. Yeah. I'm not feeling this one too much. That's really rare that you go in a full, full point to lower than I have for a pre rating. Do you I'm think I'm giving politics? Do you think I'm going in a little bit too high because of how good Stark Raving dad was? Stark Raving dad was really good. Like we both gave that nine plus. Um, yes. This is not going to compare to Stark Raving Dad. I don't no, think. no, not even no. close. No, it, it it likely won't. Uh, Chris, what do you got for this one? What do you guys? What's your like baseline for? I don't know, an different. average Simpsons episode. Yeah, yeah we are both. Nick is, you know, Nick is like no such thing as bad pizza. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, uh, pizza, right? Minus bad. the singing episodes. Yeah, it's pizza. Yeah. Well, it's sponsor. <laughs> I can't say anything bad. <laughs> cut that cut that cut that but, uh, um, uh okay my pre-rating i'm kind of leaning towards shane here political episode not my favorite double that down with the lisa episode maybe the worst character uh i maybe i'm going real low here i'm gonna go like five seven five points yeah shane see yeah we do have a bit different i tend to more uh, be more towards a five ish if i think something's really really bad um are not great, I guess I should say, because like you said, there's no really, really bad. Um, well, very rarely. They've been a couple in season one. And uh, Shane's baseline has tend to be around a six. That's his made it to air. Shane's a little bit more generous. Yeah. So he's going hey, it's hard to make an episode, people. You know, even if it sucks, I give it a six. You know, yeah. It's hard to That's do fair. stuff. Yeah. So let's just jump right into it. Coming up next. Here we go. Uh, Mr. Lisa goes to Washington. Mr. Lisa goes to Washington, September 26th, 1990. Chris, were you born yet? September 26th, 1991? I was born in 88. You're, you're an 88? You don't look like you're an 88. <laughs> That's what everyone tells you. That's, I appreciate that, big dog. Yeah, I nice. am uh, I am very surprised. But usually this is the point in time where I ask Shane the stupid question of what was the number one song in either the U.S. or U.K. or Canada or something, and he never knows. Um, this one I'm not going to ask because I actually found something that was kind of interesting. Six oh, days, <laughs> six days before the. Okay, you can guess. Six days before this um, episode came out, guess what movie came out? You'll never guess. What year, so, uh, what year is this? 90s. September twenty sixth, nineteen ninety one. You'll never guess this movie. Actually, if you think of a Simpsons movie, like like a, a movie in the Simpsons, you'll be able to guess. You may have already won. Yeah, win this. Here's good news. Okay, you guys don't know, so I'm just going to yeah, say... Too yeah, I know. The movie was actually called McBain. It is a movie... No way. With, oh, damn, there you it's, go. It's a movie with Christopher Walken as a character named McBain, and it was a huge bust. It's apparently really bad. But there, it has nothing to do with, like, Simpsons McBain. But there is an actual McBain movie 
Mr. Simpson, like Christopher Walken. Check of yours. That's fantastic. The late great Christopher Walken. The late great. You gotta start. Stop saying late. Okay. Shut up. I had a feeling it was too good to be true. Every time you get a million dollars, something queers the deal. I don't think real checks have exclamation points. Well, at least we got a free sample of Reading Digest. Marge, I never read a magazine in my life, and I'm not going to start now. Hey, a cartoon. Well, dear, you always wanted a compact. <laughs> Ain't it the truth? No, it's <laughs> not the truth, Homer. It's well documented that women are safer drivers than men. Oh, Marge. Oh, yeah. My wife is definitely a safer driver than I am. I'm Larry Leadfoot. Pedal to the metal all the time. So am I. I gotta, I gotta stop doing that, <laughs> considering she's kind of, you know, pregnant. No, just slap a couple old baby on board stickers. You'll be fine. That's right. That's, that's the biggest scam going, the baby on board sticker. No, it's... uh. You gotta do, buy a you, flame. You need to buy a flame sticker, a decal, so you go really fast, and then just slap a baby on board sticker, so you're safe. You know, you gotta game the system. That's unreal. I forgot about that Troy McClure movie, Creature with a Shovel. Not bad. It's weird that Homer become like, like, yeah, sure, Reader's Digest or Reading Digest, I guess, in, in the series isn't bad, but, okay, that's a pretty good visual gag. But, uh, like, it's weird that he would, unless it was about, like, food or something, like, why would he be interested in any story? Mm, yeah, that's true. Bit of an interesting twist for Homer. Still pretty good with a guy with a crayon touching his brain. Don't be so. Oh, you're right. I Doctor Slaby. I, uh, I, I, you know, years later, you could say, well, maybe he didn't get out alive. Look at what happened with, um, Grizzly Man. Remember Grizzly Man? When, uh, the guy lived Yeah, the I bears? watched that documentary. Yeah. Yeah. And he thought he could tame the bears. Oh, he didn't tame the bears. He got eaten. Uh oh. The bears got yeah. him? You've never heard of Grizzly Man? That's a great documentary, man. actually. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's hilarious. This guy thinks he's like a master of bears and goes to like Yukon or something to live with them, and then they eat him. It's like, what What do you think was going to happen? Yeah, serves him right. Well, he did it for like 14 years without being eaten. The only issue was um, he, he went back. He got kind of ballsy. He went back when they weren't feeding. Right. Uh, like a time of year that you're not supposed to be around bears. Uh, or rather, you should be around bears even less. Uh, then, yeah, he got his girlfriend and him eaten. Yeah, it was oh, a sad story. No. Poor girl. Coming out. They're not your friends. It's 300 words for an essay for Lisa to write. It's not a lot. Like, it's, you really have to be For Lisa, concise. that'd be nothing. Yeah. Yeah. How's it going, honey? Not very well. Well, when I used to get stuck like this, I'd go for a bike ride. Do kids go on bike rides anymore? Yes. She's such a sweet mother, Marge. Maybe bikes weren't cool. Really is. Do kids still use that word? Cool? Yes, Mom. Okay. It looks very similar to the backdrop when they go to Cypress Creek and Lisa's <laughs> just everything. Very similar. Wow, a bald eagle. You ever seen a bald eagle up close? Those things uh, are scary. Close. Oh, I, I've I've seen one like I'm gonna say four feet away. Those things are huge. So burn the flag if you must. But before you do, you better burn a few other things. You better burn your shirt and your pants. Be sure to burn your TV. <laughs> this is such a. I kind of like that they had Nelson read this because it's like a pretty sensational thing. Like you could see like a stupid person. Like seven and a hell of a lot of stars. He doesn't know. And then see stupid people <laughs> cheer for other stupid people. That's right. Yeah, it's it's still true to this day. Recipe yeah. for a free country. Mix one cup liberty with three teaspoons of justice. Add one informed electorate. Base well with veto power. My back is spineless. <laughs> My belly is yellow. I am the American non-voter. Stir in two cups of check. 
Sprinkle liberally with balances. Ding, dong, the sounds of the Liberty Bell. Ding, freedom. Dong, opportunity. Ding, excellent schools. Dong, quality. I feel like one of the writers were forced to do this in class and made an episode of it. I bet you, like, this probably still goes on each year in the States, and every single one sounds exactly like this in some form. It's all, it's all about Statue of Liberty, Liberty Bell, Big Ass Eagle, um, Freedom, lots of Freedom mentioned. Oh, did you guys see that video where they put uh, machine gu uh, M16s on that eagle? No. Wait, oh, actually? Dude. Yeah, they, like, they, well, it... Special effects, they didn't actually duct tape and that wasn't. Oh, I thought, I thought there was somebody actually like taping guns to an eagle or something here. I'm gonna have to send it to you guys afterwards. Oh, this is pretty good. Okay, we the purple. Are you a professional writer? Are you interested in politics or government? Are you interested in anything? Could you touch your nose for me? Hmm. Lisa, after meeting your father, I've decided to award you an additional <laughs> five points. Congratulations. You and your family are going to Washington. Who would have guessed reading and writing would pay? Oh, man. Sad, but it's kind of true that probably a lot of people don't realize that. Yeah. Cards, notepad, aspirin, sewing kit, pilot's <laughs> wing pin, propeller shaped swizzle stick, sleeping mask, and anything else I've got coming to me. I'll see what I can do. Chris, do you need reading and writing and how much in, in media? Yeah, relations? you need a little that, bit. That, that kind of you know, helps, doesn't I'm it? Right? Pumping out press releases. Lisa yeah. could be uh she could be a media relations. This control stick is like the handlebars on your tricycle. Now, would you like to see? I don't think you can do this anymore. I don't think you can just wander into a cockpit. No. I mean, you can try. You're probably going to get shot or tasered, but... Yeah. Uh, this is the first time, too, that the Simpsons actually visit a real... <laughs> a real place? That's good. Yeah, it's the first time they visit a real place. <laughs> oh, right, because they went to Shelbyville. Yeah. Yeah, they've gone like camping and Shelbyville and Capital City, but none of these are actually real places. Were the Simpsons the first to do that elevator gag? No. That's the second time they've done it in the show. Bart did it in uh, season two, I think. Right, because famously the movie, we're kind of that time of year, close to December. Elf does that. Oh, yeah. Uh, Buddy the Elf. There's Homer's first uh, on, off, or up, down type thing right there. Um, rules for uh, any of our listeners um, that my Nana always taught me when uh, you go to a hotel room. Um, and I'll always remember this. I was probably about 10 or 11 years old and I sat on the uh, top of the hotel bed. And my Nana said, you don't sit on the top of the bed. You don't, you don't, she didn't sound like this. She didn't sound like a, a creepy old lunch lady. But, um, she said, don't sit on the top blanket. People's butts have been on there. Come yeah, on. Is that, was that her advice? That, literally, yeah, that was really huh. her advice. That is sage advice. Yeah. Advice to live by. My Nana was a so, wise person. What do you do then when you go in a hotel room? Where, you, take you, the top, you top, take the top blanket off, the top cover. After oh, that, then you could sit. Yeah. Mm. Rip that she, comforter off. Just keep the linens. Okay. She also said that uh, you ever have a stomachache, one of the best things you can do, just drink some Coca-Cola. Go right away. I'll do it. Guys, all-around athlete, all-around scholar. Problems because of your superior ability? Sure, I guess. me too. I like how they're all kind of like awkward kind of kids. Other tourists never see. Miss, what does the I stand for? Important. Ooh, how about the V? Very. Oh, and Miss, just one more question. Person. Ah. What does the I stand for again? Man, they really made Homer dumb in this episode. He got real dumb over the last, um, from seasons two to three. 
He was reading up a storm at the start of this episode. Yeah, that's true. How was he able to read? But yeah, <laughs> but he doesn't understand what VIP means. Or what someone holding a sign called Simpsons means. This is actually true, though. If you do go to visit the White House, you do get to um, watch the First Lady bathe in the tub. They've been doing that since before 1894, since the 1860s, thanks to yeah. Ulysses S. Grant. I think Joe Biden on a live stream. What was that about Joe Biden? <laughs> Wait, no, I said Jill. Isn't his wife's name Jill? Is it Jill? Yeah, yeah, I think it's Jill. Oh, yeah, you're right. Okay, yeah. you get to see Jill bathe. Remember when some guy, uh, like at the Canadian, Royal Canadian Mint, somebody stole a brick of gold a couple of years ago? Remember that? Uh, yeah. I do remember that. Did he get away? For a short time, yeah. Yeah, they got him, though. Hey, it's kind of hard to sell a brick hard of to smuggle gold. That out of there, yeah. yeah. I just realized that Bart has been behind the wheel of antique vehicles a few times. And he's yeah. just done like that kind of like driving. He was in uh, like Hitler's car too, right? That's right. What did Hitler ever do to Bart? As Nelson says. I'd like to give you a logging permit. I would, but this isn't like burying toxic waste. People are going to notice those trees are gone. Isn't this happening in our in our province right now? Aren't they they're probably going to do this? Oh, Dougie. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. I just want to offer me a bribe. <laughs> I didn't oh, understand time. what that meant when they uh, when they were doing that. Yeah. But now I realize, oh, on the nose. Okay. Could be a good photo op. Sure, fine. So uh, where do we? I th th not here. I've got a little place that I use for these uh, matters. Call me tonight. Well, hi there. You must be Lisa Simpson. Hello, sir. Lisa, you're a doer. And who knows? Maybe someday you'll be a congressman. Yeah, someone needs to cut that previous bit. And post that on. Uh... On a Toronto subreddit or something. Yeah, seriously, it would, it's, Simpsons is always relevant. There's always something. Always predicting the future, aren't they? Oh, yeah. Indeed, they are. And people, people think like this too. Like this is, you get a good photo op with some kids and, or you know, some elderly people or something. Pretend you're actually doing something. You, you got some voters because that's, uh, that's the PR spin. There it is. Yeah, see, you know all that. This guy yeah, probably right here. It. You've probably brainwashed me that so much that uh, <laughs> I can't get out of. I can't get the Argos fandom out. You could probably have me march on down to BMO Field anytime I want. Yeah, I'll just send pinball to your time. office. Get you guys fired up. Yep. Is this a real statue? I am not educated enough to know. I'm going to guess no. Yeah, see, when I was a kid, I, I had no clue what the hell was going on. Like, I, I knew that one guy wanted to cut down the trees, but, like, I didn't really get the whole aspect of, like, political corruption. So this went way over my head. This is pretty sad. Like a, yeah, I find this episode more sad than funny. Yeah, because this is exactly what's happening in Ontario. <laughs> True. Act one was very. Yeah, it's it's happening kind of in our own lives. Act one very funny, a lot of jokes. But act two now is just kind of um, it's like watching a little girl lose faith in essentially her country at eight years old. It's deep. Very deep when you put it that way. Wow. I'm watching this on the surface. You guys are like diving right in. That's our that's our nice brain learning. That's mostly Shane's got the brain learning. He's a, he's the smarter of the two of us. Ah, uh, shucks. Now, Nick, you and I together, we create one whole brain. <laughs> well, like what they say, we only use ten percent of our brains so to together. We only have twenty. percent, you guys are. Yeah. You guys don't have that limitless, that limitless pill. No. That movie's ass. We don't. Actually, what? That movie. That's oh, an unreal movie. Oh my goodness, Chris. Bradley Cooper. Come on. I, it's just. It, actually, I don't mind Bradley Cooper's performance in it. De Niro was terrible. He just phoned that one in. But uh, oh, I, I'm not a big fan of that one. 
I need to rewatch it. It's been a while. Yeah, you gotta watch Limitless and then Cable Guy back to back. I think there's a show, a new show now called Limitless. Same sort of idea. Where a person takes pill, person goes. It's basically but, and it's like a super famous person too who plays the main character. I'm gonna guess it's either Michael Douglas or the Trivago guy. <laughs> the Trivago guy? I don't think yeah. it's the Trivago. I think it's the Hotels.com guy. Oh, Man, those guys are way too guy. famous for a TV show. We're looking at a hotel right now, and like, um, I actually wanted to go to this Trivago guy one time for Halloween, but my wife said nobody would understand it. People would have got it. Uh, the tangent. So we do this sometimes, Chris, when we're not 100% involved in an episode. We just kind of go on chan like tangents. This, this is what's happening them. right now. This yeah. is definitely one of them. We're getting in the tangent zone. Spe speaking of terrible songs, um, remember when that mobster used to sing for the uh, the Argos back in the day at the halftime and he couldn't sing, but he would sing? What? A mobster? Yeah. You know, the guy, uh, and he had his own talk show and stuff, but he was, and I remember my what? dad and I Does just... he sound like the guy from Goodfellas or like... Or what? How long ago was uh, this? Oh, mid two thousands. And uh, there was always rumors that he was like in the mob, and he made like a mob movie, and it was really bad. I forget his well, name. the greatest CFL anthem of all time is. Uh, Nick, you know it. Yeah, the. Uh, um, the well, the Argos fight song is my favorite. No, I'm talking about the guy when they had the U.S. expansion oh, the, when in he Las sang, Vegas, and he yes. sang "Oh Canada" to the tune of uh, oh, Christmas "Oh Christmas Tree." Tree. Yes, because <laughs> he didn't uh, know it. No, he had no clue. Not a clue. How that do you one, come up um, with that song, "Oh Christmas Tree," to do it to? Maybe, maybe he got like the "O," and then he just like he. Yeah, maybe. I guess it's not early in the day when he could have looked it up on YouTube quickly, but somebody would have been like, "Buddy, you're not even close here." He, he, so he could have asked someone. He had a chance to redeem himself, I guess. I think the Argos, maybe it was the Argos, brought him back and he sang it and um, crushed it the second time around. Did he? I didn't know that, really. Yeah, Hoagie told me. Hoagie, by the way, is uh, Mike Hogan, the chief Argos historian. He knows his Argos. He knows everything. You ever come from Iowa, Nebraska, any of those places and come catch an Argos game, go see Mike Hogan. He'll give you some good Argos stories. I didn't understand this part either when I was growing up that this is satire like that the, you know this doesn't happen um, he thought all this was getting done in six minutes eh yeah oh wow that's kind of cool like if that actually happens but I didn't get it, it was a joke satire just went right over our heads oh I love a good uh George H. George yeah. H. Bush impersonation. Can't wait till he moves across the street. Oh, great episode. Yeah, Canada oh, reference. Yeah. Let's go. Fire it up. Yeah, hey, a boot. <laughs> I remember being insulted as a kid. Remember the episode when the immigrants are on the... Even though they're like... They look like they're from 1890 and... Bart yells from the Statue of Liberty, beat it, country's full, and the mm. guy goes, oh, okay, you run on to Canada, and they all complain. <laughs> I remember being offended when I was a kid. I was like, why do they want to come to Canada? Yeah, that would have upset me, too. Nice 1920s paperboy out of nowhere. I can't believe it. The system works. The trading gap trouble, we're in a heap of trouble. Doing this guy makes me laugh. There should be people on street corners saying that they would airdrop you like a PDF of today's newspaper so you didn't have to pay. Oh, I thought you were going to say people singing about the budget gap on the corners. No, That's what I thought you were going to. Out of a new scam. Yeah. There's probably one at Young and Dundas singing about that. There's always all sorts of people up there. And now the winner is 
USA AOK by Tron Van Din. Miss Crowley, thank you for this oversized novelty check. I would like to share this on ten thousand bucks. It's pretty good for a kid. Yeah, in the early nineties for a kid, that's fantastic. I like the other kids, the one who kinda looks like Ralph and the one who looks like she's like strung out on Ambien. <laughs> one of the longest faces I've ever seen. <laughs> Is that the first time Bart pulls out the uh, slingshot? Oh, um, I'm trying to remember if he did it the last two seasons. Who does That's kind of his thing, right? I think he he has it, but no. The only thing I'm, the the thing that I'm thinking of is the rabbit in season one that gets flung <sighs> a thousand feet. Oh man, what a great gag! There's uh, gotta be. There's gotta. Maybe it is though. Maybe you're right, Chris. I'm not 100 percent on that one. I'll have to go back. I don't remember little, the slingshot. Little, little observation yeah. there. There's probably some some guy listening, some some person, anyways, listening right now, going, "Uh, you know, Bart pulled it out, season two, episode four, at the 13 minute mark. How'd you guys not know that?" Um, what a there's always one of those guys, isn't there? Yeah, there's always there's always one. The world needs those somebody. guys. Yeah. Yeah, they got to just all on check. Um, Shane, you already alluded to this point, but when we get bored with episodes. We tend to go on rants, and we did talking about um, trade young and Dundas people talking on the corner, and um, and our Mike Hogan, who I know is listening to this right now because he's a <laughs> monster monster fan. Um, I brought in Nebraska. Typically, when those type of things come up and we go on those tangents, that mean the episode is not very good. No, um, yeah, the first act was. And this had this is really reminiscent of uh, season two, where the first act is really good, and then episode or episode act two gets serious, and then it just kind of ends, and it's not really that funny in the last two thirds um, of the episode. So based on that, I am going way down from my seven point five to a five. It barely makes the grade, barely gets a pass. That's like the kid who shows up on gym class like uh, two days a week. And then he doesn't turn in his health report. And then he, you're like, come on, man, just it's health report, figure it out. And then he throws oh, something together me. and see, yeah, yeah this you is, this is the Shane. Sh- this is the Shane in gym class episode um, right here. That's what I'm going to refer to it as. Don't so, make me run. I'm full of chocolate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no beep test for Shane. Um, I'm going with a five. Chris, you started off with a 5.7, just slightly above what I'm um, finishing on. What are you going with to end? See, boys, I had a I had a thought already before this started. Five seven, mm-hmm. I started with. I'm going down, dropping it to five three. Just like you said, started off hot, a bunch of good jokes in Act One, and then just got too serious. Eh, the jokes didn't there land. Okay, one, yeah. There was they were okay, it's but that good. like as far as good Simpsons episodes go, that was definitely below the line. Indeed. Um agree with you there um i wonder though because you just you watched this episode and the, the following episode the uh day before we recorded this do you find it more entertaining watching it with others or less entertaining because you're kind of getting distracted in the episode thoughts on that oh good question that? it yeah. goes both ways right when you're watching it yeah. by yourself you're kind of you got nothing else you're, you're dialed in you're honed in but then you also miss things, right? You guys are pointing stuff out that maybe I didn't I didn't realize at first. So there's definitely advantages and disadvantages to watching it with somebody else. Yeah, I find that when it's a, uh, like an episode with a lot of jokes, you're kind of sharing that with somebody else. But when it's this, you kind of feel like, especially um, doing a, a series where we're talking about it, you feel like you, the, the, you either have to f- be forced to talk to something that you um, – maybe wouldn't organically talk about regarding the episode or you go way off tangent to keep yourself entertained. And that's kind of where we went here. Shane, you went with the 6.5 to start. What do you got now? Uh, yeah, this is season three. Mm-hmm. I expect better, you know? Uh, so I'm going to go 5.8. Now you say you expect better, but is that because of how good Stark Raving Dad was to kick off the season? It was fantastic. Going from a high of a nine plus to below a six for me. That's a really, you know, I don't know. Maybe you have to be really into American politics to dig this, but yeah. 
Yeah, not as dry as when Burns uh, runs for mayor, but still um, pretty dry overall. The best part about this episode, and I did my research after this, Mm -hmm. was that the timber industry, big timber, (laughs) got really upset with this episode. (laughs) The people in Oregon. The people in Oregon. So this is is from Wiki um, about the, the timber industry lobbyist offering a bribe to the congressman. The scene was described as an easy, an easy shot at hardworking people whose only crime is to have been born in a timber town. I mean, if big big timber comes after you, you better you better turn around and run the opposite direction. Yeah, and and you're not lying. They they were really ticked off, and so much so that they invited the. This would have been you had you been working for the Simpsons at the time. They invited the Simpsons media relations uh, person <laughs> at the time to come out and see how the industry. The, the timber industry actually worked in Oregon because like, we're not corrupt. We're not taking bribes. We don't want to be smeared like so this. So ridiculous. Th- this is one of those times. Have you ever heard of the story when Barbara Streisand got mad because someone posted a picture of her house, but nobody knew it was her house. But then afterward they found out because she had to bring it up. Had she just stayed quiet, nobody would have Classic. known. This is the exact thing. Like had they just been like, like they, nobody was talking about the Oregon timber industry being corrupt. Nobody thought that. My mind never went to a timber industry. It, like it's it's satire. The fact that they did it almost seems like they're trying to cover up something. You know what I mean? Like isn't they're, they're, isn't that just such a sign of what's going on in twenty twenty two, where everyone just feels they're so everyone's so sensitive. Everyone gets upset about everything. I feel like that's right, exactly yeah. what happened back then in the early nineties. No, no one was putting that together, right? No one was. No one thought Matt Groening and whoever whoever made the show was like, we're going after the timber industry in Oregon in this episode. No. Yeah, because like Matt is from Oregon, but there's no way that like he was directing it specifically at them. Somebody probably thought that like, oh, Matt must have overheard something and, and was misinformed or something like that. Or just maybe they didn't even know that he was from Oregon. So, yeah, nobody was putting those pieces together. It was absolutely ridiculous. Or come on, Oregon, figure it out. You got the nice ocean right there. You guys should be happy. You had Blockbuster, the last Blockbuster. Yeah, the Pacific Northwest, Oregon Ducks. Yeah. Come on. Nike oh, did they yeah. close down that blockbuster. I think so. I think they actually oh, did. Sad face. Uh, oh, okay. yeah. Big, I'm gonna pour one out for that blockbuster. Oregon Ducks, great jerseys. Um, Chris, so you mentioned there weren't many jokes. What do you got though for your favorite gag of the episode? My favorite gag, and I think we kind of talked over it, but I remember it from yesterday was uh, Homer in bed with Marge, and he's reading the um, he's reading the Reading Digest, and he goes, "Oh, I forgot." And it was like seven ways to spice up your marriage. And he's reading and you look very good tonight, March. <laughs> that got me going. That's uh that is pretty good. I always wondered like who, like uh, if anybody actually takes those type of tips seriously, whether it's, you know, guys in that sense or girls from a, you know, a cause. I promise or... you people take that stuff really seriously and actually use it. Did people actually do that? Have you found yourself in a scenario where someone's using uh, you or vice versa? Okay. I there's homers out there. There's homers out there. Oh, people there follow all is. sorts of nonsense. That doesn't surprise me. That's yeah. true. That is true. Um, Shane, your best gag for this one. Uh, yeah. So this is a week episode. It's a visual gag for me. It's the eagle. Yeah. The eagle just comes out of nowhere, sits on the branch, and then does its so side it's flexing. Side, yeah, flexing. Does its side view like on the flag and. Yeah, that was to me. I get, I got a little chuckle out of that. Um, Just because of so how on the on the on nose, the nose. Was, yeah, right? it was to it was right in your face. Like, there's your friggin' inspiration, Lisa. Figure it out. Um, I'm gonna go with the limo sign. I like the fact that uh, Homer, you know, he doesn't get it. Uh, that guy has the same last name as us, and he doesn't realize the limos for him. Nice little visual, um, random kind of a background gag. Which, like you said, Shane, it goes to show that if it's not something that's really prominent even even yours chris is kind of a side gag too um a little bit of a chuckle but nothing nothing too great so this one um a bit of a bummer better than the burns one where he becomes uh or runs for mayor but still uh not great overall we're gonna keep chris around for uh one more episode uh we're gonna hit uh, when flanders failed that should be a pretty good one i have fond memories of that but before we end um shane uh, your favorite time, my favorite time is going to be Chris's favorite time. It's plug time. Hit him with everyone's the- favorite time. Okay, so everyone, please follow us on Twitter at Simpsons underscore EBE. And if you'd like to support the show, whatever platform you're listening to us on, whether it be Spotify, iTunes, etc., if you're able to, if you can follow or rate us depending on what platform you're on, we appreciate that. 
If you want to go the extra little $2 or so, uh, there's a link under the description called Buy Me a Coffee. You can donate whatever amount of money you'd like to Nick and I, and we'll buy a beverage or whatever. We'd appreciate it. And if you don't want to do any of those things, two new episodes every Friday. Two new episodes every single Friday, regardless. Please don't get mad at us over our Jim Carrey takes. Um, <clears throat> don't cancel us. We love Jim Carrey. Um, shout out to wherever he is now. I'm pointing to the sky. The late, great Jim Carrey. Um, <laughs> <Alive. laughs> still, still very much alive. Yeah. And uh, Chris, uh, before we end this episode, you're going to get the last word here. Give, um, give one more plug to our beloved Toronto Argonauts. What more needs to be said? What what's today? Uh, I don't even know. It's, Last it's week, Tuesday. we yeah. today's Tuesday. Well, a week and a half ago, eighteenth Grey Cup, mm-hmm. Grey Cup one hundred nine, one point win against the two-time defending Grey Cup champion Winnipeg Blue Bombers in the freezing cold Regina, Saskatchewan. Just one of the greatest moments of my life, and I'm still basking in it. Go Argos! Come out and support at Toronto Argos and all your social programs, your social uh, platforms. Uh, what a- Ames in Iowa, is that his name? Ames, I'm challenging you. You come to Toronto. I got you tickets. You bring your family. You're going to love it. You're going to move to Toronto. You're going to get season tickets. Go Argos. Nice. Ames is actually a city, but we'll invite the entire city. <laughs> I thought Ames, Ames was a person. <laughs> we'll go the whole city. We'll, we'll invite all of Ames, Iowa. Get up here. We'll get you an Argos game. We'll meet, get you meet pinball. Uh, he'll literally spend the whole night talking with you and making you feel like a million bucks. Yeah, love my Argos. You haven't seen the highlights, by the way, for anyone who uh, didn't see the Grey Cup, uh, Grey Cup 109 that took place. Close game. 20th. Yeah. It was an, a crazy game. We had our backup quarterback come in cold after our starter got hurt. Uh, two, not one, but two blocked field goals uh, at the end of the game. Just It was absolutely uh, fantastic. So go check that out. And uh, Shane, my challenge to you for the outro song uh, give us something that reminds us of uh, of some good football memories. All right, that's my all challenge. Right. And will Chris will be back with us uh, for when Flanders failed? Take Can't care. wait. Be uh, thirty thousand tickets. That'll be nine hundred and fifty thousand dollars, please. Look, the thing about that is, I only got ten dollars on me. Can I pay you the rest later? Sure. Oh.